but it's also the memories that you have. Each and every flight is different. Each opportunity when you're out, whether you're flying in Northern Michigan, Southern Michigan, I always encourage everybody to get out, help crew, meet up with a crew or a pilot, just like you did. It is a life-changing experience and it's a memory that uh, you will never forget. So what makes Michigan a great state? I'm glad you asked. My name is Cliff Dubinois and I'm on a quest to answer that exact question. After 20 years, I've returned to my native Michigan and I'm looking to reconnect with my home state. I'm talking to the people who are behind Michigan's great businesses and top destinations. The same people who work hard every day to make our lives a little bit brighter. And you, Michigander, are coming along for the ride. This is the Call of Leadership Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Call of Leadership Podcast. Today, we're going to have a really fun podcast. I have actually been to a couple of the events for the West Michigan Balloon Event Association as they've been around Michigan dazzling us with their beautiful balloons. And if you haven't actually had a chance to get into a hot air balloon, I highly recommend that you do it. Today, we are joined with the event director for the West Michigan Balloon Events, and that would be Derek Jones. Derek, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. Why don't you tell us a little bit about where you're from and where you grew up? Certainly. Uh, right now, live in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and I grew up in the Battle Creek, Michigan area. So you grew up in the, the Battle Creek area. Now, where did you go to college? I uh, went to college at Western Michigan University. Okay. What did you study while you were there? Business and aviation. Ooh. So that kind of led you into hot air ballooning? Sort of. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, What's the story there? Yeah. So Battle Creek, uh, for a long, long time since 1981, has been a staple for hot air ballooning in the country. For many years when I was a kid, my dad and I would go out and we would crew for the local balloon pilots that were flying their balloons in the evening. And that's really what got us and got myself hooked in the sport of ballooning. Now, do you have a regular pilot's license, a helicopter pilot's license? Certainly. So when you study and you actually go for your pilot license, you obtain your pilot license and then you obtain ratings. So an LTA, lighter than air is what that stands for, LTA, is hot air ballooning. And that has different sets of regulations, but the pilot license itself is the same and then you get your rating for that. So you can fly planes and get certified with different ratings and single engine and multi-engine, IFR conditions, VFR conditions, all for flying. Of course, you got to know the weather as well, which comes into play in any aviation, doesn't matter what you fly. But ballooning was my passion and that was the direction that I took pretty much since I was a, a young kid. I started crewing when I was eight years old and wow. uh, I then led into my first balloon flight when I was 12. And that was from a very well-known pilot by the name of Bill Murtoff. He was from Houston, Texas, but he traveled up with his family as a family trip to Battle Creek, Michigan for the event that we held in battle for many, many years. When I took my first flight, I was just hooked. And I know everybody says, gosh, you were only 12 years old. How'd you know? I, and I said, I knew. Not only did I know, I started training. When I was 14, I obtained my student uh, license and uh, that allowed me to train, gain hours. And then when I was 16, I took my private test, my private uh, for my pilot license. And uh, then once that was done, I, I got my own balloon. I was actually worried, Cliff, about getting my own hot air balloon versus getting a car. <laughs> so that's where my priority was when I was 16. <laughs> <laughs> ah, 
absolutely love it. Yeah. Cause when I was 16, it was all about getting a car. Yeah. Yeah. I had, I had used my dad's company truck and I thought if I can use my dad's company truck and I can also use that as a chase vehicle, let's get a hot air balloon. And so when I was 16, I spent many years mowing off, shoveling driveways, working for my parents, getting that chore money. But I literally banked everything I possibly could and saved up to buy the balloon when I was 16. And I did that. And then when I was 16, I started flying, obtaining my hours uh, with my own balloon. I used my dad's company truck as a chase vehicle because that was the only vehicle I had. Right. And when I was 20, going to be 20, I went for my corporate license, which allowed me to take paid passengers, share the sport with other people, take people up for compensation. And that really was uh, the way to compensate for the cost and the expenses of the balloon, insurance, fuel, everything that just, it's a very expensive sport. And then I really thought this is great, but this is not something that I want to do for business. So I got into the auto industry and the auto industry has been my career since I was eight, 18. I actually started when I was 17 at a Chevrolet dealership in Battle Creek. And I started selling when I was 18 years old. And um, here we are 26 years later and still operating and directing dealerships. Beautiful. So I, I want to go back and unpack a couple of things that you talked about there, because I want to make sure, sure. You, we get some clarity on some points. So for hot air ballooning, it's not just, you know, some dude sitting on a couch, eating a bag of Cheetos. And he says, you know what? I'm going to go out and buy a hot air balloon with no experience. Let's just inflate it and go up. There, you actually have to get a license. Correct. Yes, it is a federal registered aircraft with an N number. We have our own set of federal aviation regulations, which we call FARs. But yeah, you have to be certified. You have to be licensed. And uh, in order to buy a balloon, you've got to have that ability to uh, prepare yourself, take your test, get through your check ride, get through your solo flight, just like you would a normal pilot license to fly a plane. And one of the things that you mentioned about before, and that is with regards to the weather. So I've, I've sat in on some of the team meetings when there's like hot air balloon competitions. And I was really blown away by the level of detail that goes into planning the weather. Like for instance, cause the, the wind conditions at the ground can be completely different than what they are a hundred feet in the air or 200 feet in the air. And, and I know that safety is a really big thing. Why don't you talk to us a little bit about how those, those weather briefings come about and how you go about making the decisions about whether you're going to fly or not fly. Certainly. One thing I always say, we don't plan the weather, the weather plans our flight. We have to plan around the weather. So we have a lot of sophisticated software that we read the winds above ground. So basically what that means is we send up a 10 or 12 inch helium balloon, and we refer to it as a pie ball in our sport of ballooning. And what this allows us to do is as that helium balloon, once we let it go and it, it starts to rise, it gives us an idea of how far it is off the ground and the speed of how fast that helium balloon is going. And we do this for several reasons. One, we want to see what the wind is physically and actually doing and see how well it matches our forecast and our current conditions on what's being reported by meteorologists. So what that tells us is two to 300 feet, 400 feet, what those wind speeds are, what the direction is, 
and how we plan our flight. And is it a safe flight that we can plan successfully? So there's a lot of things that go into the weather. We look at the temperature, the dew point, density altitude. We look at our pressure, the winds, the speed, the direction, all comes into play as we plan our flight, whether it be in the morning or in the evening. Now here in the Midwest, we fly two hour window after sunrise and two hours before sunset. And the reason why we do that is we have the calmest conditions at those times here in the Midwest. Whereas if you go out west or other parts, you know, in the country, you may only fly in the morning because it could be very windy in the evenings or just too hot. So there's a lot of conditions that go into our flight planning around the weather. It plays a huge role in our flight every time. Now I can understand from like, let's say like a competition standpoint where you get a bunch of balloonists together and you're going to go out there and compete and you've got access to all of this, you know, this equipment, like you were talking about letting this balloon up into the air and being able to measure these things. How do you do it if you're a solo, right? If you're like, I'm doing this from home or whatever, and I just want to go out and I want to go for a ride. How do this, how does a solo person get this kind of information so that way they can make safety decisions? Certainly. I can't speak for everybody, but the, the majority like myself, when I go to fly, we'll look at the weather. We'll look at all of our data, the weather data, look at what the uh, high pressure and what the low pressure is doing in our area. We still have helium and uh, helium balloon and pie ball that we send up. So it doesn't change for me whether I'm by myself or with a group of 10 people that we're doing a team competition or flying together during that. Um, certainly it's, it's a little bit easier planning when you're at an event or with other pilots because we can share that data. We can talk about it. Um, make that go, no go decision based on safety, but whether I'm by myself or with a group of people, the flight planning for me is a thing. Interesting. Okay. What I want to do is I want to talk about the events that you put on and there's, there's a good number of different hot air balloon events where you try to get the public out and get them exposed to the sport of hot air ballooning. Why is that? Why is that so important? Well, that's a great question. Many years ago, I'm a hot air balloon event because I saw the fellowship, the camaraderie, what it does for family, friends, the community, sponsors, other organizations, teams that need community service, volunteers to be a part of a, a community event. It is ultimately the reason why I started the balloon event, not only because I love the sport and it's a passion of mine, but in 1998, I actually started the first balloon event in Battle Creek called the Holiday Balloon Fest. And it was a winter balloon event. And when I started it, <laughs> I only had seven balloons. And people said to me, there's no way that we're gonna have a successful balloon event in the winter time, the first <laughs> week of December in Battle Creek, Michigan. It's not going to happen. And when people told me that it was, I needed to have my team on board with me, my committee, the board of directors, the volunteers, the sponsors, I needed everybody to believe in me and believe what I had to share, if you will, with everybody. And the first year it was difficult but we had a great time. The second year we had 20 pilots and the third year we had 35 pilots. And then the fourth year we had 45 pilots. Wow. And by our 10th year, it was a celebration of 75 balloon pilots, 75 balloons 
the first weekend of December in the dead of winter, fantastic flights. We had thousands of spectators. We had hundreds of volunteers. We had numerous sponsors. And to this day, I look back at it as a decade of family fun. And it was something that I had the passion to keep going, keep doing, and bring everybody along with me because no one really believed that we could have a balloon event in the dead of winter in Michigan. And we did. And the memories are still talked about today. It's the true reason of why we do the balloon events the way we do is because of that factor. So I always, I always say, make it memorable, take everything that we've got and make it better than where it was before. Share our sport of ballooning with the sponsors, the community, and everybody that doesn't really know about the sport. And it's a constant education of ballooning too, where conditions may be beautiful outside, sunny, light winds on the ground, clear skies, but at 200 feet, the wind's 25 miles an hour and the conditions are just not safe for us to fly. Yes. And that's, that's an education where a lot of people don't know that they don't deal with the sport every single day. Uh, certainly it's frustrating, especially when it's beautiful and everybody's anticipating you to fly, but we, we can't, can't because of the winds and the safety of the flight. So it's always been a passion of mine to share our sport with so many. And we have been very fortunate, very blessed to do that since 1998. What that led into with that passion and now all of these people that said, ah, we can't, there's no way it's going to happen. Now see, saw it happen and now they continue to see it happen. We've brought ballooning to many cities across the state of Michigan and uh, continue to do that. So it's, it's truly been just a, a wonderful journey. So I have to ask this question because every time that I see hot air balloon competitions, I see balloons in the air for that matter, even on TV, whatever. The weather's always beautiful. And for reasons I would like to explore, <laughs> you decided to do it in the dead of winter. I mean, what, what made you think? I mean, obviously it's a success, right? You're talking about 7,500 pilots showing up. Thousands of people are showing up. You've been doing it for 10 years. So we'll talk for that. But when you first started this, what made you think, oh, I'll just do it in December. I mean, why not do it in August before the kids go back to school or June, just as the kids are getting out? Yeah, absolutely. Well, in Michigan, we, we do have a handful of events throughout the state of Michigan throughout the entire year. And the one thing that focused myself when I started a balloon event and started events back in 98 was we see everybody from May until October and then November, December, January, you know, we don't see anybody. Right. So that was really a midway point that we could get together. It was, it was a unique event. It was exclusive. There was no other events like it. There was no organizations doing a winter event. And that's how we pulled pilots from Wisconsin and Indiana, Illinois, Ohio, Kentucky, Tennessee, and even Missouri. I mean, you name it. We had pilots coming from all over for this because it was fun. It was unique. It was exclusive. And it was just something... Even if we didn't get to fly, we all got together as a, a balloon family. And that meant just as much to us as it was to flying. And that's what really led me to continue and to believe in having a winter event. Some of the, uh, <laughs> some of the flights, we, I mean, the pictures are beautiful. We had eight inches of snow on the ground. It was 10 degrees outside. And what else is there to do in Michigan in December, right? Besides skiing and snow, we might as well do some ballooning as well. And some of those conditions, heat rises very nicely when it's cool out. The heat doesn't rise in heat. 
So it was less wear and tear on our balloons. It was less propane and fuel to use. But the conditions, just like anything, right? You bundle up for it. You dress for uh, the weather, just like we would dress for the weather if, it, if the balloon event was in June, July, or August. So it was really a nice event, and it was a it was a nice ten year run that we had. We ran it from ninety eight to two thousand eight, and then we closed the chapter of the ho- holiday balloon fest as a decade of fun, family fun. And to this day, people still want me to create and bring back the Holiday Balloon Fest, but we've gone uh, in a different direction and continuing to grow with other balloon events throughout Michigan. We brought ballooning to Frankie Muth, Michigan, 15 years, which has been a, a wonderful run. They continue to um, host that event on Memorial Day weekend during their annual Dog Bowl in Frankie Muth. It was an honor. We, we actually brought ballooning to Frankie Muth the last week of January during their Snowfest competition. So during their Snowfest competition, which is a huge international event that they have in the ice sculptures and the snow sculptures, we also had hot air ballooning. And that's how it all started in Frankenmuth. And then here we are 15 years later, and they have it on Memorial Day weekend, the uh, end of May. And in that time frame, since we brought it 15 years ago, we did the Great Lakes Regionals, the Michigan Hot Air Balloon Championships, all were hosted and held by Frankenmuth and the Zender family and all of the wonderful sponsors up there in Frankenmuth. So there's another avenue we took to continue to grow. We also started Kalamazoo Balloon Fest. We kicked that one off in um, 2013. That one is hosted at Gold Meadow Farms. It is actually coming up. It's the end of August, so the end of this month. It is uh, August 26th, 7th, and 8th at Gold Meadow Farms. And this is actually, Cliff, believe it or not, it is our 10th year celebration, another decade of of family fun. It's just hard to believe. Where does the time go, you know? So we uh, are going to celebrate a wonderful Kalamazoo Balloon Fest at the end of August. And then we kicked up two more events after that. Believe it or not, we're going to continue to keep growing. So my team thinks I'm crazy, you know? But we kicked off the Hudsonville Balloon Days, and we are in our third year for Hudsonville Balloon Days, and that's held over Father's Day weekend in June at Unity Christian High School in Hudsonville, Michigan. And then uh, another one that we kicked off, which is absolutely a phenomenal area to fly. It's beautiful, Michigan waters, Little Traverse Bay, Lake Michigan, and that is in Bay Harbor, Michigan. And that is the third weekend of September. We are going into our fourth year, fifth year, and that is held uh, the third weekend of September. And this year's dates on that is the 16th, 17th, and 18th of September in Bay Harbor, Michigan. And that event is called Balloons Over Bay Harbor. It's a very unique, uh, it's almost a gem of a balloon event because the, the area that we are able to fly, the conditions with all the water around us, we really can't fly anywhere else in Michigan with the exception of this area in Bay Harbor. And we're very, very fortunate to have a balloon event up there. You know, this is actually very impressive because I did not know or understand that there were so many of these ballooning events that were going on in Michigan. So first off, thank you for sharing all these. This is really great. For our audience, we'll make sure to include the links to these down in the show notes down below. The, the question that I got for you that I'd like to circle back on real quick is, is obviously this is a lot of work, what you're doing. When you set up an event, it's not just, hey, let's just show up here and we'll inflate balloons. I mean, there's permits you got to get and you got to get the okay from the city and there's, there's money involved and all of this other stuff and, you know, places for people to, you know, to sit and 
I imagine there's probably some level of security that's running around. Why did you decide to go through all this in the first place to start creating these events? Sure. Well, in my career of the auto industry, it is all about people helping people and literally putting them in a, a better situation than where they're currently at, whether it's in life, whether it's in their vehicle. And I do the same and I share that same passion in hot air ballooning. So it is a win-win for myself. It is a lot of work. There is no question. It is nonstop year-round planning, but it's all about relationships and the people you know. So, you know, a lot of these folks uh, we work hand-in-hand with throughout West Michigan, Kalamazoo, uh, the Grand Rapids area, and even up in Bay Harbor in the Pasca area. We have a lot of clients at all of those uh, areas. And it keeps you going based on the, the energy and the passion and the pride that you've got. And the ability of what we're able to do is so different, is so unique. It's just a gratifying feeling that really balances out the worth. Like, why do I do this? And that's the reason why. So it's really a passion, not only to share the sport with the community, but it's also a win-win because of all the relationships and all the people you know. You know, I go back to, you say it takes a lot of money and all of the, uh, gosh, uh, minutia, if you will, that goes into running a balloon event. Each city is different. The people are different. The policies and procedures are different. And the value of what budget you actually need to operate by is different. Every single event is different. So Bay Harbor operates on a very higher budget, even though I've got only 15 balloons there, the budget is pretty high because the cost up there is high. So the expense is high. They operate a little bit different than others. So we basically have an operating budget like anybody else when it comes to an event that we are getting sponsors, other organizations to partner. It's all about communication. It's all about relationships. And we have to have that. And it, it's got to be a good, solid foundation or I'm not interested in partnering. I don't have time and energy to waste on it. So if people want to come in with uh, things that really don't relate to the events or if there's just energy that we don't see a value in. We'll pass on a, a sponsor or we'll pass on certain organizations because it doesn't fit our mission and vision. And those are very difficult decisions to make, but you really, as a volunteer, in addition to your full-time career, you really need to manage your time very, very tight. <laughs> right. Right. I can imagine that. But the question I've got next for you is because, and, and I'll, I'll admit this is more of a personal question for me. Because I'm a big believer in that life is more than a spectator sport. I actually like to be involved. And so I was actually very fortunate because I, I got some friends that actually connected you and I together that are really big in the hot air balloon space. And they actually got me into crew. And that was, that to me was just a beautiful experience all the way around. I mean, I was lucky enough to actually get in the balloon and fly. But just to be there and just to help out the teams and everything else was just incredible. So why don't you talk to us a little bit more about the volunteering and the crewing that happens? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad, uh, Cliff, that you shared that because that is exactly what uh, you and I have been speaking of is that memory and just the ability to do something that's different and unique and be a part of the sport. Just like you, I will guarantee you remember the day where you were the conditions of the weather when you crewed on the hot air balloon for that first time. Am I right? That's absolutely correct. See? So 
that's exactly what I'm speaking of is giving that opportunity, making it a memorable experience because it's, it is such a unique sport and it's really a gift to be on the crew. Uh, it's a privilege to fly if you're able to be on the crew and have that opportunity. Blue rides are, most pilots charge six ninety five for two people for about an hour flight and we're typically booked all the time. And when you crew, you've got that ability to be part of our family, a part of the crew, understand the responsibilities that are needed as your crew position for that particular flight because it may change. But it's also the memories that you have. Each and every flight is different. Each opportunity when you're out, whether you're flying in northern Michigan, southern Michigan, balloon events, competition, there's so many different attributes and there's so many different things that take place that are different. So I always encourage everybody to get out, help crew, meet up with a crew or a pilot just like you did. It is a life-changing experience and it's a memory that uh, you will never forget. And if somebody is interested in crewing, like for instance, I don't, let's just pretend that I don't know any pilots. If I am interested in crewing, cause I just want to experience, how would be the best way for me to do that? Certainly. Well, obviously if you know anybody that is crewing or you know any balloon pilots, that's going to be your start is reach out to them and say, I'd love to crew. I'd love to be a, a part of your uh, crew. If you don't know any crew members or pilots, all of our Facebook pages, which are balloons over Bay Harbor, Kalamazoo Balloon Fest, Hudsonville Balloon Days, all three Facebook pages. You can reach out to us, express your interest to volunteer for any of the event, express your interest to crew if you would like to be on the crew or just be involved. Awesome. And uh, Derek, if somebody's listening to this podcast and they want to connect with you or they want to connect with the West Michigan Balloon Events Association or anything else, what would be the best way for them to do that? Any of those Facebook pages. Those are the best. Awesome. And for our audience, we'll make sure to have those links plus everything else that he was talking about as far as the events goes in our show notes down below. Derek, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I really learned a lot. Thank you. I'd appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Hey, everyone. Before you go, I want to invite you to the Call of Leadership community. Here you can get access to some really great behind the scenes goodness like upcoming guests, interviews, but you can also get thoughts from these interviews as well as actionable tips that you just will not find anywhere else. Plus, you can stay current with what's going on, not only with this community, but with this awesome show, because there's some good stuff that's coming. Join us by going to calloflearship.com slash email. Once again, that's calloflearship.com slash email. And I'll catch you in the next episode.